Please be aware the episode you are about to listen to contains descriptions of torture, physical assault, drug use, mental health, suicide, and rape. If this type of content is a trigger for you, please skip this episode. You can call Jira on 1-800-105-303 or Lifeline Australia on 13 11 14. On today's episode of Accent of Women, we hear from Antoinette Braybrook, an Aboriginal woman and the CEO of Jira. Antoinette was one of the keynote speakers at the Transforming Democracy Conference organised by the Federation of Community Legal Centres. Jira is an organisation designed for and by Aboriginal women and uses culturally safe practices to address and prevent family violence. Family violence is an issue that's often misunderstood by the public and misreported by the media. According to Jira's fact sheet, family violence are behaviours towards a family member or members that is controlling or manipulative, makes a family member fear for their safety and the safety of other family members, exposes a child to the abusive behaviours and usually involves economic abuse. This is when a person behaves in a way that denies another person financial freedom and controls the second person's income and assets. This is only some of the behaviours. For a more detailed description, visit the JIRA website. What are the facts? Every week in Australia, one woman is killed by a partner or an ex. Aboriginal women are 34 times more likely to be hospitalised due to family violence according to the National Plan to Reduce Violence Against Women and Their Children, 2010 and 2022. Content warning. Please be aware the episode you are about to listen to contains descriptions of torture, drug use, mental illness, suicide, rape, sexual assault and sexual harassment that may be distressing to some listeners. If this type of content is a trigger for you, please skip this episode. Now, let's hear the powerful keynote speech by the CEO of JIRA, Antoinette Braybrook. Um, Can I begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of this land we are gathering on today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay my respects to Elders past and present. Um, I also acknowledge other um, Elders present today and all of my Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander brothers and sisters who are here and particularly those of you who um, work in community legal centres, in Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander legal services and with specialist family violence prevention and legal services nationally. As you've heard, my name is Antoinette Braybrook. Um, I was born here on Wurundjeri country, but my grandfather and mother's line is through Cookie Yalanji in far north Queensland. And I have been the CEO of JIRA since inception, uh, almost 16 years ago. Um, Many of you may know JIRA as um, the Aboriginal Family Family Violence Prevention and Legal Service Victoria. We changed our name earlier this year. We work at the front line with Aboriginal women and their children who experience family violence and sexual, sexual assault. JIRA has statewide reach. We're Aboriginal community controlled with expertise in family violence. JIRA's business is far more than just legal. We have a strong presence in our communities, working locally, 
building trust and confidence, delivering early intervention prevention programs. We advocate strongly for approaches that prioritise Aboriginal women and children's safety, their connection to culture and strength in identity. We fight often courts, police and bureaucracies and governments to keep Aboriginal families strong, safe and healthy. We agitate for change and call out systems and attitudes. <coughs> In doing this, JIRA prioritises keeping Aboriginal women and their experiences and issues at the forefront, their voices heard and validated, not silenced, ignored or marginalised. JIRA is unapologetic in its commitment to Aboriginal women and their children. Everything JIRA does is for Aboriginal women and by Aboriginal women. JIRA stands with community legal centres to ensure that our most vulnerable and marginalised people have a voice and take their rightful place in this immense and complex world that our women have access to legal advice, to representation and support, and then, most importantly, justice. Today, I want to start by drawing your attention to the theme of this important conference, Transforming Democracy. As a starting point, I would ask everyone to think about what transforming democracy really means for Aboriginal people and for Aboriginal women in particular. And while you are thinking, let me share with you a few home truths, maybe an uncomfortable reality check. Aboriginal people have been and continue to be excluded from many of the rights that people take for granted in a democracy. Up until 1967, Aboriginal people were not considered citizens of this democracy. For me, born just before 67, I was born stateless and without legal rights on a land upon which my ancestors have walked and carried out their responsibilities as custodians since the beginning of time. Before 1967, we were categorised along with the flora and fauna. Unsurprisingly, we were not counted in the census and we were not able to vote. So, entrenched and highly valued concepts around equality, around freedom and opportunity have historically not done Aboriginal people too many favours. As parents, families, we were not equal to white families. Our children were taken, ripped from their mother's arms because white authorities believed that we would benefit from, from what? The chance to become white 
the harsh and punitive requirement to be white. Our people were subjected to caste counts. The lighter the skin colour, the easier you could assimilate. We were forbidden to speak our language and practice our culture instead a foreign language and education was forced on us. The intention to breed out our Aboriginality, the very essence of our being. Why? Because of white policies and the privileged attitudes, the fundamentals of which were premised on the view that breeding out the blacks was both the right and effective way of resolving the Aboriginal problem. Through our eyes, all of this was calculated a calculated act of genocide. Despite the devastation and trauma inflicted on our people, we have remained strong and resilient. But these past injustices and the intergenerational trauma which has accompanied our lives since white invasion, now manifests itself in many different ways for our men, women and children. Today, Aboriginal women are still not seen to be equal in society in general and even to other women. Aboriginal women bear the brunt of intersecting inequality and disadvantage because of our Aboriginality and because we are women. Do you know that today in Victoria, Aboriginal women are 45 times more likely to experience family violence than other women? And we are 25 times more likely to be killed or injured as a result of that violence. But almost 90% of violence against our people goes unreported. Aboriginal women have their children removed by child protection authorities at a far greater rate than any other mothers, with family violence being the primary driver for their removal. Today, Aboriginal women form the fastest growing prison population in our country. More than 80%, 90% rather, of women in prison have experienced family violence and 80% are mothers. It is not difficult to see why transforming democracy has a different meaning for Aboriginal women and how Aboriginal organisations like JIRA are stretched, challenged and have so many competing priorities like the safety of our women and children because of family violence and the increasing rates of our incarceration rates of our people because of systemic racism and the growing removal rates of our children from their families and communities because of systemic failure and the ongoing impacts and intergenerational trauma from those past and the present injustices inflicted on our people. And so today, when we all come together to strategize about the role that the CLC movement can play in creating a world 
where everyone is treated equally by the law. We must think critically about this idea of equality and about who exactly is included and who, more to the point, is excluded. Equal to who and equal on whose terms. You are on the money if the words white privilege jump into your mind right now. And we must also think critically about the role the law itself has played in creating and maintaining inequality. Because historically, the law has been used as a tool of oppression against Aboriginal people. The law has been used to categorise us, to dictate where we live, mission management and the permits issued by the Aboriginal Protection Board and who we could marry. The caste counts, lighter ones could marry the wider ones. The law has been used to justify and legitimise the taking of our children, the theft of our land, the annihilation of our language, our identity, our culture. And it continues on to this day. It is not hard, is it, to understand why now so many Aboriginal women do not see the law and the system as something that can help. Or why so many Aboriginal women do not trust those very people charged with the responsibility to interpret and uphold the law. Just like Mary, a 44-year-old Gundachamara woman who Jira works with, she followed all of the rules to protect herself and her children, only to be told by a judge at the federal court, circuit court, you are not even at the margins of society. You are an underclass. Or Sarah, a Lachi Lachi woman, was told by her barrister that her Aboriginality is shameful and does not matter. And then there's Anne, a Wurundjeri woman in her 20s who, like many other of her sisters, reported breach after breach of intervention orders to police, which were not acted on because the police would rather make a joke about the violence or minimise it by suggesting that a punch in the face is not as bad as a kick in the face. The law, the authority, the system for our women is feared. Through this highly valued and lauded system, our lives and families continue to be destroyed, like Melissa's life. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. Did you miss the start of the program? No problem. You can download all episodes of Accent from 3CR's website, 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Woman page and follow the links. We now return to Antoinette Braybrook as she tells the story of a woman named Melissa. Melissa is a textbook tale about what happens when support systems fail the most marginalised women in our communities. 
like Melissa's life and the tragic path it took because no one really cared. Melissa was sentenced to six years in 2010 for manslaughter. She endured years and years of violence and abuse and stabbed her partner in the chest. Melissa grew up watching her mum being beaten. Her mum suffered a frontal lobe injury because of the violence and was wheelchair-bound. Melissa and her six siblings were not raised by her mum but were caught up in the child protection system. Melissa was sexually abused from a young age. When Melissa was 15, child safety reported that she was living in the park with a 40-year-old man. She had a cut to her head from him and was drinking metho. Her medical tests returned positive for every sexually transmitted disease you can think of, but she didn't take the treatment. Left with no hope, Melissa attempted suicide several times. She was self-medicating with alcohol and drugs. In sentencing Melissa for the manslaughter, the judge said, your life has been a tragedy, nothing less than a tragedy. You, You seem to have been a consistent victim of domestic abuse. You have been stabbed in the chest. You have been stabbed everywhere else with a screwdriver. You've been assaulted with a hammer. You've been abducted and beaten with a stock whip on a very regular basis by the man who abducted you. You had a star picket crashed into your hand and every time you escaped from this man, he tracked you down and took you back. You have scars all over your body from the various injuries inflicted upon you by men over these years. As a country, as a society, we should be thoroughly ashamed of ourselves that you have been neglected and abused in the manner that you have been. It is exceedingly distressing that in this country where we pride ourselves on equality, tolerance and fairness, you could be so neglected and abused Yet we, as a society, did nothing to stop it. This judge nailed it for Melissa, but it was too late. Her life destroyed because she was not protected earlier, because society did fail her from a young age. Society created this path for her and pushed her every step of the way. What if... Melissa had access to a service like mine, JIRA, when she was younger? What if her mum did? What if police intervened in a trusting way? What if child protection authorities invested more in providing her family, her mum, support to grow her and her six siblings? What if she trusted the healthcare system? If just one of these what-ifs was different... Melissa's story, her mum's story, may well be very different today. The success of what Jira does for and with Aboriginal women comes from a place of massive trust. When we talk about democracy, we are talking about representation, being seen, being heard, 
and being counted. But for Aboriginal women, the real essence of being an Aboriginal woman, a First Nations woman in our country is invisibility. Our success, our determination to survive, our aspirations for a good life go unnoticed. Instead, tragic circumstances expected and tolerated, negative statistical outcomes analysed, mulled over and ultimately accepted as inevitable. We have been invisible for too long. Our invisibility often created by policy and decision makers our voices silenced and experiences not recognised, our needs and aspirations not front and centre, even in progressive movements. On every count, the system and society has continued to fail us in our identity, our self-worth, our cultural way as Aboriginal women discounted and neglected, It is a sad fact that in today's society, I still have to stand here as an Aboriginal woman and justify why Aboriginal community control, our self-determination, provides the solution to what came with white settlement, colonisation. For JIRA, we stand strong and proud as Aboriginal women. Everything we do is by Aboriginal women and for Aboriginal women. This is Aboriginal women's business, our cultural way. Aboriginal women who come to JIRA know that their identity, their culture will be respected and held in the highest regard. She knows that she will not be judged and she knows that she can trust Jira is about Aboriginal women sharing their stories of courage, strength and resilience. In this sharing, and despite the overwhelming odds against change, Aboriginal women find solutions and help the system, the law, this precious little thing called democracy, to sometimes get it right. Democracy is about voice, about being heard, about everyone having an equal chance to share their story and having support to find solutions together. Aboriginal community control and a focus on hearing and amplifying Aboriginal women's voices is democracy at work. Listening, truly listening to Aboriginal women's stories is at the heart of everything that Jira does. The women entrust us with their stories, their powerful but devastating stories. Aboriginal women ask us to share their stories. Her story is her own story. It is personal, unique, but it does tell a bigger story. It is a larger piece than one woman's story. But the story will not be told and cannot be told unless she feels safe. Aboriginal women are best placed to provide a safe space and this is exactly what we do. Sharing stories is the very catalyst for other women to break their silence and and this in turn will address the systemic failures to create change. And this is why 
we have all gathered here today to call for change, to call for action, to call for transformation. There are many powerful and important CLC campaigns that will be addressed, from tenants' rights to refugee rights, reducing homelessness, police accountability and mandatory sentencing. It is absolutely crucial to recognise that family violence cuts across all of these issues. And each one of these issues touches the lives of just about every Aboriginal person and especially most Aboriginal women that you will come in contact with. We can all work together to change the story for Aboriginal women. Those of you working at the front line, get on board with JIRA. Work with us, not against us. Refer Aboriginal women to us as early as possible or at least give her that choice. For those of you working behind the scenes in policy and advocacy, don't compete with Aboriginal community control. Support us and resource us. We are best best placed to lead the way to change. The challenges are huge and we uh, we do need you to get on board, but leading is our business. With the state and federal elections just around the corner, JIRA is working hard to get Aboriginal women's experiences on the political radar. In our lobbying, we have the added burden of raising the cultural awareness of politicians, ensuring they get everything that I've spoken about today from our historical experiences and how it manifests today for our people In finishing up, thank you for inviting me to speak here today on such a big topic. I hope I've been able to give you some insight or just a little glimpse into what transforming democracy means for Aboriginal women. There are many strengths in the CLC movement. From a personal perspective, as an Aboriginal woman, I cannot believe that I am standing here today having been involved in the movement for more than 16 years. The Federation is a powerful force and an important advocate. We value the strong relationship we have and the respect that you give us in leading business our way. Collaboration is the key, but we must always be sure that Aboriginal women's voices are the loudest. From an Aboriginal woman to a room full of many others, mostly a white mainstream system, thank you for working with us and not for us, for standing beside us, not in front of us, and for putting me up here today to remind you about the importance of respecting, hearing and validating Aboriginal women's voices. And that was Antoinette Braybrook an Aboriginal woman and the CEO of JIRA. You can learn more about JIRA by going to JIRA, spelled D-J-I-R-R-A dot org dot A-U. Axon of Woman is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally by the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. If you want to hear the show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website, 
3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Woman page and follow the links to this week's show. I'm Ayan Shirwat.